0: I hired nuptial num-nums to cater my wedding, and it was a disaster. Everyone was raving about the food instead of my dress.
1: No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. They're like, oh, Veronica, the lamb chops. Ah, uh, did the lamb chops buy you out to Cancun? And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance.
0: I will not be hiring them for my next wedding.
1: Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated in third-party insurers.
2: Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I have a great, great episode for you today. We are sitting down with the Founder and CEO of Pulp Pantry, Caitlin Magenthal. Caitlin, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. So I looked at your website, and I love your About Us bio. It's your pulp nonfiction, which is like your story. I thought that was yep. so clever, first of all, from a marketing standpoint. I was like, I already love her so much. <laughs> um, tell us your pulp nonfiction. So yeah, I mean, pulp fiction, obviously. Come on, cult classic.
3: And we <laughs> we basically, the word pulp has so many, I think, negative connotations. You think about orange juice in the United States, and everyone hates it. Pulp. Or beating someone to a pulp. Or beating is someone to a pulp, yeah. But we wanted to reinvent the word pulp. We were like, you know what, this is something that, you know, has usually been cast away, but mm. it's the, it's the start of a new era. Mm-hmm. And I know in the United States, we waste 40% of our food. And that's, of course, become so much more apparent in mainstream news where people are like, I don't want to, we need to fight climate change. Like we need to start to think of creative ways that we can reduce waste both at home but on a broader scale. And so Pulp Pantry really is all about how do we work with large-scale food manufacturers and change the paradigm of kind of, you know, this cheap method of discard that we have Mm -hmm. in a linear model for just take, make waste, Mm -hmm. and really turn that into something more circular that really considers the end of the life cycle for byproduct materials. And especially in the case of pulp, ones that are made from fruits and vegetables and are exactly the same nutrients that we need in the American diet. So Pulp Pantry takes... Essentially, the fiber byproduct of juicing fruits and vegetables, and turns that into different nutritious snack lines that are essentially reinventions of our favorite pantry items, like but healthier. chips. Yeah, yes. like amazing! Healthier.
2: I'm gonna crinkle the bag yeah. it's over here, and I'm so excited yeah. about eating it later. Um, you basically just made tra- a treasure from trash, right? Yeah. Um, tell us about the story. I know you were watching your friend pulp uh, juice or make juice and you were like, what are pulp you doing should with be this? A verb. It should.
3: She was pulp. she was pulping the carrot. She was
2: pulping the carrot. We're gonna make yes. that. We're gonna own that.
3: But little <laughs> did she know. I mean she was like, you know, I'm I'm juicing a carrot. I yeah. just want the juice and I growing up was like this crazy zero waste person and I always was looking for ways that I could reduce my waste. I was an environmental studies major in college so not
2: surprising so, at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. So for me
3: this was already something that was like a lifelong mission. But I had never really connected I guess my environmental studies degree to food apart from like really looking at agricultural systems and Um, what we studied in classes. I really always thought I was like gonna be a scientist, a marine biologist or something Mm. of that nature. And when I was at my friend's house and saw our juice this carrot, I was so blown away by the amount of waste produced. And it really got me thinking about the fact that, you know, there's so many places where there's overlooked opportunities to create something of value from what is normally just considered like a discard material. And it's more so because of our laziness or just because we don't have creative solutions to really, I guess, put our put our heads together and say like what can we actually do that creates more value from from these ingredients so my friend looked at me the same kind of thing and she was like I literally have no idea what to do with the pulp I've never tried to do anything and now you're sitting here in front of me and I'm embarrassed to throw it away and
2: (laughs) you're like I'm judging you
3: (laughs) but even for me I was like wow like I've never really thought about that either I wasn't someone who was juicing so I actually just took it home and I was like you know what I'm just gonna experiment with what we can make from happen from this and it started it really kick started from just those experiments at home and people taking a, a vested interest in kind of like what I was doing and wanting to try out the snacks and um, from there, like started doing pitch competitions and got some grant funding to just get it started after university. And it's just honestly been met with so much positive reception, I think, in today's world, like Mm -hmm. where people are really looking for novel solutions to big, hairy problems like climate change and food waste that I've just never
2: stopped doing it. It's I'm just like incredible. I and mean, you're, you're <laughs> mission-driven, which is, yeah. of course, the foundation for so many important brands. And generationally, I mean, it is what new consumers, Gen Z, and, of course, millennials, they have to have this um, mm-hmm. kind of uh, intention-based yeah. c- uh, consumerism, right? 100%. It's so important for that. And the funny thing is, is like until I actually met you, I hadn't even heard of this, mm-hmm. first of all, because you're first in kind, I would yeah. assume, right? Yeah. Um, but the... The um, trend of juicing has been around forever. Everyone is like feels so good about themselves that they're taking, they're drinking these all these great fruits and vegetables and they're in recyclable glass bottles and they're in all these amazing um, beautiful stores but they don't think about that waste product. I mean
3: as a consumer you don't have to because I think we've hidden so much of that away behind closed doors and food manufacturing like if you think about the United States we're so out of touch with where our food comes from, how it's grown how it's distributed, how it's processed and even for me I mean getting into this business I had no idea about that stuff but now that I've visited manufacturing facilities and learned from just people who've been in the industry for a long time and seen Kind of the back door, the the veil lifted. Mm-hmm. It shocks me to just to just understand like what the macro trend is of why we're losing touch with our food, and it's really because we've just optimized things to be super efficient, but also I think in the process have kind of lost that, um, the novelty and kind of nostalgia that comes from just knowing your farmer and knowing that process and being really close to the ground.
2: Yeah. I think it's great that we have a resurgence and brands like you, you that are really focusing on that. And in fact, it's not just your industry, it's all across the world really. There was a huge, um, someone was telling me about this. It was in the fashion industry that millennial, um, celebrities are deciding that they're only going to wear the same. They're going to wear the same dress every yeah. experience. Joaquin
3: Phoenix, Phoenix. Was it I saw that at the Golden Globes and yeah, wore the same
2: suit, amazing the whole time. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's so such a smart way to combat that climate change issue, which is yeah so impending. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, I know it's kind of. I
3: mean, it's one of those things where you're like, what can I do as a consumer every day that will have a, a profound impact? Because I think it feels like so many, so much of the time we're at the at the whims of really the market and you're like well I shop here for my groceries like I there's you not really convenient. bags and I don't yeah. put my stuff in yeah. plastic it's, and I I try and do all the things it's so hard but I think it's really interesting when you start to like actually take stock of the things that you do every day that might have a really small impact, but that is built up over time. And I know, like, so I was just listening to someone talk about how with increased energy efficiency, we also have this mindset of like, oh, now I can leave my lights on or whatever else. Mm. I mean, those are small things. Just like a net
2: zero impact then. But yeah, right.
3: but I think it's just one of those things where it's like, we all have the power in our everyday actions to create little changes that really do have a ripple effect. I think food is food and fashion truly are like, To, I mean, anything that's a manufactured product that you buy, it has a global supply chain. So you think about like where your ingredients come from or where maybe your electronics come from. I mean, there were real people, you know, there was like real natural resources that were extracted essentially to make those goods. And so I think it's providing or or really giving ourselves a new way of looking at the value behind the products that we purchase Mm. and what they and how they speak volumes truly about, you know, our own values as consumers and can influence businesses. Like if we all move towards, more zero-waste options or, you know, buying less plastic. It truly does have, create a shift in the economy, and I see that with the packaging industry now. Ugh. Everyone's scrambling. Yeah. These big plastic packaging, you know, converters are all of a sudden scrambling to be like, wait, where can we get the
2: next bioplastic or great compostable Thank material God, I'm thinking about that. Totally. I mean, Amazon's making me crazy. I love, I love hate with Amazon because yeah. I love the convenience of it, but every time I get a box in a box, I'm, I want to kill someone. Like, that is just yeah. so dumb to me. Yeah. We try and <laughs> recycle our boxes here and reuse them and... Um, and all of that but what are some of I mean you're clearly so entrenched in this what are some of the things that people can do to have more impact or less impact rather in the world around them
3: I mean I would say some of the greatest places to start are honestly just like changing up where you choose to purchase from mm. and I feel like it can be a lot of people have this perception of like being zero waste or being more like eco conscious or even socially conscious about the products that I consume is more expensive mm. but a lot of the times that's actually not the case I think it just requires maybe a little bit more preparation mm. and of course time is of the essence for everyone, and right. that's like
2: you know that's the, the that. perception of that, and it's it's really it's it's false, right? Yeah. I was actually talking to an old executive from Clorox the other day, yeah. and he was telling me how he's a scientist, yeah. and he was um, telling me how he came in to work on the green product for them, and that at the time this was five years ago. Only the perception was you can either have green or you can have something that's actually functional, mm-hmm. and now we're finally at the point where those two are not separate, right? Like yeah. you can have everything yes, in one than exactly. you should. Totally. And I feel like the, the biggest places that I go to look to
3: just to start, like we have co-ops mm. in basically every city in the country. And there's so many options for bulk refill stations. I mean, even if you look at, like, okay, shopping at your local farmer's market, that's such an easy transition, I feel like, to make on and a weekend. started, right? That's where we started, yeah. yeah. Um, but even, and then even at the end of life cycle, it's like, okay, you might be cooking, maybe you have extra produce, and you could take that to the farmer's market and mm-hmm. compost it, actually. So it's like looking around you in your city and the resources that you have available to um, really... I mean, put in that extra effort just to make sure that things are disposed of properly, but also that where you're purchasing from comes with that layer of like, I have the option to purchase bulk
0: mm. and I have the
3: option to refill my soap jars and whatever else with my, with my local, you know, co-op store. Yeah. Um I think, you know, I also love this, like, DIY movement that's happening with, I think, especially people who are really passionate about zero waste, Mm -hmm. because it's crazy how much we can, like, really learn through the internet, and whether it's making your own laundry detergent, your own surface cleaners, I mean, your own, like, dish soap, there are ingredients that we have in our households that we can use for those everyday products that can completely, I mean, wipe out the need to buy you know, all this extra stuff in specific containers for this cleaner or that cleaner and also create a non-toxic home. So I feel like eco, being eco-conscious comes with
2: another layer of like actually creating safer, cleaner products for everyday use. Um, Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and then we'll talk about more of your journey when we come back.
0: Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. Bria's Fashion Boutique is the worst. First they asked me if I needed help finding anything. Um, just because I'm gorgeous doesn't mean I need help.
1: No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about.
0: Then they tell me they're having a sale. Oh, so you're assuming I'm poor. Cool.
1: And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance.
0: Also, they tried to give me the friends and family discount. Um, I'm not your friend, so...
1: Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Affiliated in third-party insurers.
2: Hi guys, thanks for sticking with us. I am here having a fascinating conversation with Caitlin Mogentel, the founder and CEO of Pulp Pantry. Caitlin, we were just talking about what people can do to decrease their waste and um, increase their positive impact in their community. Let's now shift focus and get back to a little bit more about your story and what you're working on currently for the brand. Um, I know you just launched your very first product, right, that was November, is that right? Um, Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, so we started in farmers markets and tested a ton of different products. And I think that was the challenge. We started with this big idea versus like starting with, you know, grandma's recipe for
2: great tortilla chips. So it's kind of like a little bit backwards, but in the best possible way. It was
3: definitely backwards. Mm -hmm. It was more of like, okay, we have all of this material and we know that we have partners that we can source like byproduct, highly nutritious fruit and vegetable fiber from. But now look at all the landscape of products that we want to recreate with this vegetable fiber to make them more nutritious. And then really where I saw the white space was more in dry grocery mm-hmm. because I think that people who are, you know, we're all – Creatures of convenience, mm-hmm. and we have these kind of indulgent staples that we might carry in our pantry, whether it be cereals. God, I don't even want to know what's
2: in my pantry. <laughs> I know, see, that's embarrass- the thing. <laughs> and
3: of course, it's like it's for a lot of people, it's really challenging to eat fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. in their diet every day. And I totally understand that it's really hard to cook from scratch. Sometimes you are juggling multiple kids. You don't like they don't they like to eat certain things. You have to cater to specific diets. So I totally understand the struggle sometimes. Of, of I think it's like nine in ten Americans that don't eat their servings of fruits and vegetables. No, so I was like, really? what can we do? to actually make that easier for people. And um, we looked first actually at a cereal product. Uh, The challenge with that, we had it for a year. We were working with a small manufacturer down in Los Angeles. But the challenge with it was when I started to look at, okay, what are my opportunities to scale and bring my cost down? I I couldn't find any manufacturers that would work with me. Mm. And that's kind of the evil of the food industry. I Mm. feel like we've built up our manufacturing and processing plants to really be focused on using dry ingredients. Mm. Like if you think about a typical granola, it's... A you know it's gonna be oats and other dry like mix-ins, mm-hmm. maybe a sugar and oil mixed together. Put it in the oven. But when you talk about using fresh vegetables and trying to make those same products, it just doesn't. It's not gonna work in those built-up trouble for
2: them in those kinds yeah of exactly. Mm-hmm. So the
3: chips was really like looking at. What are, the, what are the easiest categories that we can we can tackle using fresh ingredients? And one of my things that I don't want to compromise on, we have so many products that have powders, like veggie powders in them. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that we digest or metabolize them the same way that we would fresh vegetables. Right. So I really wanted to keep those like long strand fibers intact because I think that that has more benefits for our just our metabolic health and our gut health. So um, that was kind of one of my things where I was like, I'm not going to compromise on that. So we take the fresh sale, kale and celery pulp. We turn that into a new line of pulp chips, mm-hmm. which are essentially like veggie-based tortilla chips, and really vegetables. They're like ninety percent vegetable-based. Wow! Using a blend of the kale and I celery, the ingredients are yeah. now and
2: the and the calorie yeah. intake. Interesting. I mean, the, it's just the first of all, the packaging is beautiful. Thanks. The brand yeah. is beautiful. I can't wait to try this. How are you keeping this um, shelf stable? Is my next yeah. question. Yeah, I mean,
3: we so we work with a chip manufacturer Mm -hmm. by trade and so uh, usually what they do is they fill the bags with inert nitrogen gas Mm -hmm. so it keeps it from oxidizing and then of course the packaging I mean packaging was a huge issue for me because we wanted to go with compostable packaging but ultimately the problem is that it lets air and moisture in so in order to preserve the shelf life and make sure you don't have product going to waste we we still had to go with conventional packaging and we just decided to use less layers um, in order to make at least the least amount of material Mm -hmm. possible Mm -hmm. so we did a smaller bag thinner layer um, but it still has an oxygen and and moisture barrier that keeps the product fresh.
2: And how are you coming to terms with the direct-to-consumer model um, with shipping and all of that? Because that's obviously a big uh, culprit in um, global warming.
3: We try to incentivize people to buy in bulk so like Mm whether shipping discounts for buying in bulk or just pricing discounts for tiers. Like, hey, if you buy a six-pack, it's going to be cheaper than buying a single bag. Mm -hmm. On top of that, looking at online marketplaces. So people might buy groceries online, but they're probably doing it where they can combine multiple products together, which is kind of one of the benefits, I guess, of Amazon is that they are super efficient. They might package a bunch of products together, although... Usually, like you said, you might get multiple yeah, like boxes. boxes. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm so mad at myself it's about coming it. Coming from different places, right? And yeah, right. But I think like other online marketplaces. I mean, we're looking to you know we're looking to work with basically any grocery provider online. I also you know we look at um, corporate offices and hotels right now that have significant sustainability initiatives, mm-hmm. so that really are building that into their own brand story, where we can be a partner for them
2: that really offers a more sustainable um, snack offering. Do you to connect you with MGM after this because oh, yeah. that's part of their like core mission? That'd be great, Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the head of supplier diversity specifically in um, this category. That'd I love that. I,
3: I mean, that. that's what it's all about. It's like, there are so many people who are tackling, we're, we're all tackling this and we need to do it together in ways. And so I find it much more fun to work with just partners who like already have their own sustainability initiatives underway because I feel like it just helps to kind of combine those two stories together mm-hmm. and create something that really like truly delivers on, I guess, the values on both sides, like my values, of course, and and also the hotel's values. I'm looking
2: forward to So that. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. I love that. Um, are we too late with this stuff? I know that people are excited and they're doing <sighs> what they can <sighs> now, but I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah. Not too much, hopefully. But, um, you know, I, I, have a lot, I hear a lot of conversations out there yeah. where people just kind of throw their hands up and they're like, you know what? It is what it is. It's too late. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I definitely don't agree. Of course not. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought <laughs> so. <laughs> I just, I guess
3: the place that hope comes from for me, it's like, yes, if we change the course... As is, like, I see huge cultural shifts happening, and especially in my generation, like, people buying resale, people buying in bulk, people mm-hmm. going, like, really choosing the brands that they want to support consciously because they're aligned in values, and I think that that's something that's going to happen at a much broader scale as well, and it's not going away. Just the feeling that you get when you really make that, like, conceited effort to kind of say... I'm really going to try to change my practices to be, you know, a global citizen in that respect. But where the hope comes from because like, I mean yes, we have overextracted our resources. We've created a monster mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because we haven't seen the whole system come into play and like how each of those d- little decisions
2: could actually affect such a broader scale of like I mean, climate change on, on a global level. Mm-hmm. So And it's all top-down. I'm not going to name names, but we yeah. all know what we're talking about yeah. here. Um, do you think that, there, that it's possible to topple that system? I think so, because I feel like what's really... I mean,
3: some of the things that I see happening that are super inspiring is that there are scientists out there who have developed really new and novel ways, for example, of putting carbon back into our soils.
2: Interesting. And so
3: even there are, I know there's like new, I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating by any means for further, you know, extraction of fossil fuels, but there are a lot of new initiatives where, I mean, these are expensive projects to build out, so it's not happening on a lot, large scale, but there are definitely, you know, people who are consuming or producers of fossil fuels, like petroleum, mm-hmm. who are now looking at like all of the emissions that come from that process. How do we actually take that carbon, put it back in the ground and create like nutrient rich soils from, um... And and basically help to sequester
2: some of that carbon. But I also believe, I mean,
3: I know we're early in a lot of stages for this stuff, but like there are microbes that break down plastic and eat those plastics. So there's people finding ways that we can take all the plastics in the ocean and actually hopefully create like a productive, you know, Mm microbe-powered way to to break that down. Also looking at carbon sequestration, like people are looking at how we can actually take carbon out of the atmosphere. And granted, like some people say, well, is that actually going to be effective? Are we too far gone? Who knows? But I think that there's a lot of new and novel science-based solutions that are trying to figure out like how we can take what's already been done and hopefully undo it or create new materials from those those things. Um, but I do feel like overall. Each of us needs to be a part of the solution and, in doing so, like change our practices and also change what we demand from the companies that we mm. purchase from.
2: I love that. That is yeah. a very hopeful message and one that I hope our listeners really take to heart because there, there are things that we can do on a day to day basis that mm-hmm. make change happen. In fact, my husband just got rid of his car because we walked wow. to this office. We're yeah. so close here. And he's like, I'm just not going to do it. He's yeah. like, I'm going to do the best I can do to, you know, uh, decrease my footprint here.
3: And I love the idea of creative constraints because I feel like everyone's like so scared to change behaviors because oh my gosh but it's going to take more time it's going to take more effort but isn't the
2: world worth it yeah first the world of all. is worth it first of all yeah. but
3: secondly it's like when you take things away kind of the I find that in my life like I mean I definitely try to live more and more minimally and mm-hmm. it's like the more things that I take out and I think it's going to like make add extra complication all of a sudden I get really creative with New, like, I mean, I took, I took, let's say, I became vegan because I was like, I really want to, you know, take a stand against our agricultural industry and just the way that we not only treat animals, but the way that it kind of can be harmful for our waterways and just pollution in general. Mm -hmm. But, I like was freaked out because I didn't like vegetables when I first started becoming vegan. I like not, not supposed to, to say that yeah. when you run a company yeah. like this. Yeah, no. Hate but it. hey, look at look at me now. I'm like wearing carrot earrings and things. <laughs> but anyways, you know, whole whole 180. But what what it taught me to do was I was like, well, now I don't have an option. I can't eat out. I like am much more restricted on what I eat but I actually started loving cooking. Mm. And now it's like, that's a money saver for me. That's a time saver for me overall. Like I just don't have to think twice about where I'm gonna get my next meal from. Or, you know, it's kind of interesting just because I feel like there are certain things that we change our behavior to be more in line with our values and it actually opens up doors. So if you're, you know, if there's something like taking your car away that you're like freaked out and you're just thinking, how could I possibly mm-hmm. do that? Baby's I different. mean,
2: you do it yeah. and then you figure it out from there and you might you might be surprised at what you find on the other end. Well, I am so surprised by this conversation. I mean, not that you, I wasn't, I'm not surprised. I think you're absolutely right on all of these fronts. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about your fundraising routes and some marketing, because obviously that's our initiative when we come back after this message from our sponsors.
1: Do not hire Franklin and Sons Electrical. The guy told me he'd shrink my monthly bill, and I'm like, dude, it's too small to read as it is. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then he's like, where's the circuit breaker? I'm like, bro, I didn't break anything. And well, Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. He told me I had a blown fuse. Uh, it's called a short fuse, and yes, I do have one, so watch yourself. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers.
2: All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us, sitting here with Caitlin Mogentel with Pulp Pantry. We are talking all things environmental and upcycling and what you can do to have a positive impact in the world around you. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about... The marketing of the brand marketing of brands in this space in general um, is it starting to become oversaturated is it too um, easy to say we're vegan non-gmo organic upcycled all these things um, yeah. I know I eat a lot of the um they're called Barnana have you heard mm-hmm, of them mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with them yeah. I did a whole 30 and I was like one of the only things I could eat um, and their marketing is exactly all of that it's mm-hmm. kind of aligned with your brand actually mm-hmm, Totally. how do you feel about being like one in a, a chain of yeah. a lot of brands doing this
3: I think it's, I mean, it definitely makes it more difficult, I guess, to like be that unique. Yeah, thing, isn't a I'm differentiator also, anymore. But, right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely still feel like there's so much work to be done. And totally. there are, like, I could name a handful of brands that are doing the similar model of like upcycling, taking things of lesser value, turning into something of greater value mm-hmm. um, and have that message. But I think the the authenticity, I mean, everyone's using the word authentic. So I know I actually it's really. Hate yeah, that word yeah. I know. I kind authentic. of hate it too. And I'm like, uh, what is the new word we can use? God, we got to come up with it. It's like almost the depth of the story Mm. because I feel like there are a lot of... surface. Yeah, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of surface level, you know, we're vegan, we're whatever, but like why are you Mm -hmm. vegan? Mm. What's the why behind it? And I think a lot of brands kind of leave that out of the process and it's like this is a trendy thing to do. Consumers want it, so we're going to do it. But actually saying like, Here's our, here's our values as a brand, and this is
2: why we're vegan. Mm-hmm. Like or the Simon is, Sinek method, right? Start with your why yeah. and move outwards from oh, there. I love that book. I love him. So
3: but much. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like that's really this, the place that is still differentiated. I think people can sniff that out, out over time. It's totally. like whether it's a repetitive message or whether it's something that really does have depth and kind of continues to expand. Um, I still struggle with marketing in so many ways because I feel like, you know, it's, I mean, especially as a brand that is trying to build an e commerce presence you're missing out on maybe having that physical product that's like distributed across every grocery store mm-hmm. in the United States mm-hmm. where people can kind of just whimsically you know, discover a product on the shelf. Um, and of course we want to be there eventually. That's definitely a goal. But I think from e-commerce perspective, it's like, you know, now you're competing in a crowded ad landscape and whatever right. else. But it only makes you get more creative about how to tell your story. And so although there are so many challenges with being in a crowded space, it's also kind of exciting because I feel like you can you can start to think about, well, okay, it's crowded, so that means I can't just do the standard thing. Mm-hmm. I have to get more creative with like what are the things that differentiate my brand and how do I reach like a differentiated on audience
2: right. as well. I think the the, the theme there is the uh, the oat or almond milk rises to the top. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> right? hundred <laughs> percent. And I feel like our, our, you know, our packaging and just um, I actually never invested in the packaging. To Mm -hmm. date, like until November, really, this was the first product that we had an actual agency partner who helped us do the packaging, which Mm -hmm. was like a scary investment for me. And I, I had resisted it for so long and we had just kind of finagled, like working with friends to design packaging. We did it internally, whatever else. But I realized, I was like, you know, the magic of the brand is really in the, in the storytelling and mm. in the visual components of what is this process of transformation that's right. happening, going yeah. from juicing to pulp. Yes. And so I realized that that was something that we
2: needed to invest, invest in at a baseline. Right. Well, sometimes you need a third-party perspective. you Totally. Oftentimes, obviously, this is our area yeah. of expertise, the founders are just too close to the brand at that exactly. point. So you need someone that has that 30,000-foot view that can show you and direct you and also have that eye of... Um, perspective on yeah. how a consumer is actually going to receive that exactly. message and packaging and visual elements. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, I think the most fun thing about just marketing today is like there are so many platforms now that have audiences. It's not like you have to just have to go through TV or print or whatever else. It's like you can literally find a brand, another brand. Online with another, you know, aligned audience and be like, hey, can I offer this product in your your shipments for this month? Mm-hmm.
2: Cross you know, cross marketing. So
3: you gotta, we gotta find more fun, creative ways to cross market, whether it be with like influencers who value the same things or brands that value the same things, and just you know, create that that flywheel.
2: I love it. I love that flywheel concept. Um, so we have a few minutes left. Yeah. Um, let us know what is coming up next. You have these two. Um, flavor profiles: the kale chip and the but the barbecue flavors are another. So we have as well? sea salt, sea salt and salt, vinegar, right. mm-hmm.
3: and jalapeno lime and barbecue, which is the that's one that right. You
2: have that's for, right. Yeah. Um, what is next for you? Are you developing new flavor profiles? Are you developing new
3: products? I mean, honestly, just I, you're these, like yeah, slow down. No, I just no. Lost this in I mean, I'm the, I'm exactly on your page because that's how I always think. I'm like, oh, I want to do this product and that product. Like, we there's so much opportunity in this space, and I just realized, I'm like, you have to focus. So for us, it's really just building the brand, getting it out there, like building brand equity is so important. I think before launching in retail, speaking my language, I love it. So that's really, for me, it's like going deep on, you know, we have an email list. It's like, okay, what can we really do to offer value to our email subscribers and get them to be the biggest advocates for our brand, you Mm -hmm. know, and be the ones that are sharing the brand and, you know, sending it to other people who are interested in the kind of content that we produce. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's really focused on like building a deeper relationship with our customers, understanding what they want and what they need, where they shop for products, where they look to find this product, so that we can continue to build like a little bit more of a, you know, not not such a wide and broad approach, but more so saying, like, this is our really specific focus. And then looking at, you know, partners with hotels and um, other aligned brands as well.
2: I love it. Um, so where can people find you now?
3: So we're on pulpantry.com and uh, we're launching on Amazon, unfortunately, the...
2: No, it's good. A, that yeah. means that you'll be in <laughs> Amazon Fresh, which they actually have done a really good job yeah. um, in that delivery model. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anywhere else you want people to find you? I mean, the you'll see us around. You know, we'll, we'll be we'll hopefully be in many more
3: online marketplaces. Bubble Goods is another one that I love. That's kind of next gen snacks. All all have to be like non GMO, really committed mm-hmm. to high quality ingredients. You have a partnership so.
2: with Snack Nation as well. Did I see. That? We've done some Snack yeah.
3: so We do some corporate office. Um, and, I mean, if people, you know, want Pole Pantry in their offices, they can definitely request that There we go. That That's what I was managers. looking at. I was looking for a plug. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's your plug.
2: Amazing. Um, so we've talked about what people can do to have impact. We've talked yeah. about your story. Um, in the last few minutes, I want you to tell us a little bit about your fundraising process, right? Yeah. Because you said that you went and you did a bunch of pitch competitions. You got some grant funding. Yeah. Take us through that cycle. I think the best, like
3: just being an entrepreneur in this space, there are so many kind of uncovered opportunities because everyone's looking at, well, female founders is a big thing, right? Yes. Like, people want to support female founders. finally. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But Bird's Bees has a natural launch pad that they did like fully a female founded cohort. And so that was a grand opportunity. We just did the Target Incubator, which was another, um, it was mainly female founders, which is amazing to see. Mm. That wasn't even their focus. It was brand agnostic, or it was like industry agnostic, but it was impact focused. So like, mm. products that had some sort of social or environmental impact, So looking at spaces like that, I'm like, you can find so many funding opportunities. And then also like the big CPG companies, like if you think about General Mills.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: I mean, they are all starting new initiatives for funding projects that also kind of are in the realm of sustainable sustainability or like advanced nutrition. And so Mm. there are a lot of opportunities for brands to get some grant funding through those initiatives, as well as equity funding, of course. Um, But I've kind of stayed away from that side of things. So you just been self after the grant piece, you've been self funded. And a f- small friends and family round to mm-hmm. do our first production for these chips. But I think doing it leanly is the way to go because I feel like you really need to validate. I mean, unless you have a really new and novel, um, I think, solution or tech based solution, especially yeah. with some IP, it's, it can be hard to fundraise. And I just don't know if that's the best use of your time in the early days. I think, you know, selling and really proving out the market is. Um, the best way to go. So that's where that's where we're headed.
2: It's interesting because you're such a big picture thinker. Yeah. You, I would assume that you were, you'd you be like, I want to go raise $10 million and really blow this up. Yeah. But I think you're 100% right. You've got to be bootstrapping scrappy from the beginning so that you can fail on a small lean budget so that it's not so impactful in terms of your overall growth of yes, the brand. Right. totally. And it's important to have those learnings so that you can grow efficiently moving forward and exactly. bring on the right team. Know which pieces really matter for your brand. I could not agree with that more. Yeah. I
3: mean, I hope, you know, this is just the start I think once you get the entrepreneurial bug you kind of never stop
2: wanting to do 11 girl years thing. In on girl.
3: yes and so I keep on like being in this industry I'm like there are so many uncovered kind of areas where we could use some level of innovation so I hope that Pulp Pantry is the start of like many broader solutions to kind of the similar problems that I'm so passionate about as well.
2: I love it. Well, you clearly have so much passion about this category. You're doing amazing things in this world. Thank you for the work that you do. We're just glad that we have a platform we can kind of shine a light on the work that you do. So thank you, Caitlin, for being with us. And thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up soon.
0: Bria's Fashion Boutique is the worst. First they asked me if I needed help finding anything. Um, just because I'm gorgeous doesn't mean I need help.
1: No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about.
0: Then they tell me they're having a sale. Oh, so you're assuming I'm poor. Cool.
1: And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial, auto, and business insurance.
0: Also, they tried to give me the friends and family discount. Um, I'm not your friend, so...
1: Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated in third-party insurers.